Sky Clark, another big three. That one missed. And Vanderplas the rebound, and that'll do it. Virginia wins it. 70 to 61 and takes the title of the Continental Tire main event here in Las Vegas. Illinois will come away with a win over a top 10 team in UCLA and a loss to a top 20 team right now in the Virginia Cavaliers. Virginia 70, Illinois 61. The Illini settle on a split out in Las Vegas at the main event. We saw the talent on Friday, and you see the lack of inexperience of playing as a team today for the Illini as they fall 70-61. to 61. Welcome in, Fasteners, etc. post-game show. Evan Kahn, Mike Latulip with you. We want to hear your thoughts on this game. But first, our rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Asset Management for over 45 years, striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients. Mike, I didn't think the Illini... Played all in all a, a terrible game, just a tough time executing in the half court, making winning plays down the stretch, and the veteran Virginia Cavaliers able to come away. Yeah, that's a really good team. It's it's one of the better teams you'll play all year. Certainly one of the better, if not the best, defensive team that you'll play all year. They you know they, they take you out of your comfort zone, and and Tony Bennett runs a ton of great stuff offensively that I thought kind of picked apart. That, that five out defense and or I guess one through five switching that Illinois does but look you look at those two teams you stack them up next to each other one looks much more closer to a finished product than the other I think that's very much the Virginia team that you'll see this year and then I think for Illinois there's a lot that you can take from this game um, I don't ever like to buy into the hey you need this loss early I don't think <laughs> you ever need a loss um, you can learn from wins too but mm -hmm. certainly a lot to learn from this game and uh, we'll dive into the nuts and bolts of it, but um, all in all, a good showing in Vegas. Not not all too bad. I think going into the weekend, going one and one on the way home, you would have taken that, and especially when the, the first win is over UCLA. Uh, would have liked to, to take all two, but you, you saw some bright spots. Big game from Shannon the other night. I think you saw a couple guys start to break through here today. Maybe a, a couple took a step back, but that's the, the learning process here as the Illini take their first loss of the season 70 to 61 we want to hear your thoughts give us a call on the fan line 217-356-9397 text the castle heating and cooling text line at 217-351-5357 you're up next on the fasteners etc postgame show the following program is an exclusive presentation of news talk 1400 and 93.9 fm wdws along with light rock 97.5 fm whms champaign urbana champaign multimedia group stations fighting illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for fighting Illini athletics, News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-9397. Five three five seven. 
Now, your hosts for the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show, Evan Kahn and Mike LaTulip. Now to Jaden Epps. Hip shake again, and he works the layup in. And Jaden Epps gets his first points. They have really been high on Jaden Epps. He's, Epps has poured in six points for a little way already. Left-hander gets a clear look again on a layup with a stutter step. Just blew by his defender. Hit him for him. Illinois leads by three. Hit him with the hezzy. That's called a hesitation and go, baby. Froze the big guy and went right around. The freshman Jaden Epps, about the only guy scoring for a stretch there in the first half, scores 14 off the bench. You can see what they like in the freshman. Really just pr- provides that spark, some scoring for the Illini. But they fall short in the end, 70-61. to Fasteners, etc. post-game show with Mike LaTulip and Evan Kahn. Dave Leak helping out behind the scenes. Hopefully Scott Beatty enjoyed Vegas a little bit with this one-in-one trip for the Illini. We want to hear your thoughts on the fan line, 217-356-9397. Simeon's waiting for us. Hey, Simeon. Hey, it's good to talk to you guys, and it's not the next day. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I thought the sun was going to be up. We, there, there's just a little bit still peeking out. A little bit? Well, here it's dark already. <laughs> it's and, uh, Mike, I meant to tell you that I'm sorry when I called that other time and you were on. I didn't acknowledge you, so I apologize for that. Um, I, uh, all in all, I'm, I'm pleased with our results, uh, at, at the tournament. I had read some of the stuff that was online and a lot of people didn't have us doing much. So, you know, for the most part, I'm very pleased. Um, in regards to the game today, uh, it was a couple of things that I just wanted to highlight. Um, we, to me, we played at, uh, at Virginia's tempo. Um, we never seemed to be able to get them to, to get them sped up. So uh, that was one thing. Um, we had some um, missed defensive assignments. Um, we also, uh, I, you know, I hope we improve as the year goes on with feeding the post. There's a few times that uh, I thought that we could have got danger the ball. And because uh, he, but anyway, we uh, ended up kind of being passive with that and not getting him the ball. Um and uh, we, you know, turnovers, of course, and then uh, we we missed uh, several threes. I was glad to see uh, Melendez, and especially in the first half, kind of come to himself. I was hoping that uh, Matthew would have had a game more like uh, uh, the game against um, UCLA, but you know, it's it's still a work in progress. So we have some things that we can work on and and uh, get better. But, yeah, we just um, – Virginia played good defense, and we couldn't seem to get them sped up. I, I was hoping that at some point we'd get them sped up and um, we'd come through with the victory, but it, it wasn't to be tonight. So um, let me hear what you guys got to say. Hopefully Steve and some others will call in. Yeah, thank uh, I'll be listening. Thanks for the call, Simeon, as always. Yeah, the, the ball movement wasn't really there in, in the half court, and, and you look at the assist to turnover, or not assist to turnover, just assist to buckets, four assists on 12 buckets in the second half, and in the first half, was a similar story, got shots to fall, but that's what a, a veteran team in Virginia is going to do, is they're going to dictate the tempo, and if Illinois is not executing on offense, they can't really get that press going and, and speed up Virginia, and so if 
if you ain't got it on one end, it, it doesn't feed into the other. Yeah, and I think too with with Virginia in particular, it's it's the type of team you're you're not going to get a ton of clean looks in the half court. You're just not. So that's why the defensive end becomes all the more important. And I thought what you know their game plan, I'm sure, and part of it's their principles defensively is. You know, not only are they so good on the ball, but they always are loaded up on the backside. You see two guys, three guys on the midline. Even if you run pick and roll, there aren't a ton of free runs of the basket. They're always loaded up on the on the weak side. And then on skip passes, on ball reversals, they're, they're able to close out under control. And then conversely, you know, on the offensive end for Virginia, they were deliberately over and over running the same play. They'd send a wing over the top, filter him out to the backside, and hope that Illinois – would stay attached to their man and not stay on the helpline. And that was, I think, part of it. So that's how Clark got going. Um, Virginia's Clark mm-hmm. got going in the first half and had these point-blank layups because they would filter a guy out to the backside and guys weren't staying on that help side. So uh, there's a lot that you can take from this game. Um, but part of it, too, is you just have to be – have to be tough when you're trying to dribble through gaps against that team because if you don't move the ball side to side – if you're if you're not um, or if you are taking shots that are early in the shot clock, that feeds right into them. I was I was somewhat surprised they didn't press this game or at least sprinkle it in. Um, you know, Virginia does pretty well against it, but it's at least a different look, and you don't give them a steady diet. So um, I know we'll dive into more here, but just wanted to share some of those thoughts. No, no, I I think you hit it on the head. And as far as Dane Danger, what were you seeing on the post looks? Yeah, I understand throwing it into him, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's one of those things where you don't want to have to. I guess I'll start by saying this: Dane played 18 minutes tonight, and that seems to be a lot of the talk. Is how can we get him more involved? How can we play him more? You know, understanding that playing Dane Danger more, which they may do, obviously, but when you do play him, you're in drop coverage defensively, and you're four out one in mm-hmm. offensively, which is the exact opposite of what all the excitement was around this team going into the offseason and the exact opposite of, I'm sure, what they practiced the most, which is switching one through five. It's this five-out kind of structured randomness offensively. So you may see less of that and more danger. It may work its way more to the middle. But I think beyond just throwing it into danger every single time, because that may happen in some games, it may not, but the effort that he showed on the glass, he may not get every rebound. I think he... What he had six rebounds tonight. Mm-hmm. He probably had an impact on twelve of them, <laughs> just from tipping them around, tipping them out. But him getting on the floor uh, late in that game for that loose ball—those are the little things you want to see from Dane. So whether or not whether he's getting the ball thrown into him twenty times a game, if he does that, he's gonna he's gonna put this team in a really good position. Some thoughts on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Brent says no shame in the loss. Exposed some things that needed to be exposed. Huge discrepancy in the free throw attempts. And I think that's something that you touched on in the pregame. Is kind of a, a theme for Virginia with an experienced team. They just they, they know how to get to the line. And they know how to keep other teams off the line. I don't think Baylor had a whole lot of shot attempts the other game. Um, so, some poor shot selection for some turnovers, and I think that comes with the frustration on the offensive end. Those are things that can improve upon and learn will be fine, says Brent. A 2 and 7 texter, great game. Last 130 was tough. UVA made so many free throws. We could be better than this. Can't wait to see us in March. Yeah, this is not a finished product for the Illini. Not quite yet. 312 texter believes Texas will be the best team that we play all year. They are number one in Ken Palm. 
And one more text here as looks like we've got a, a caller coming in on the fan line. Thought the team would go full court press at times this year. We had have every game but didn't today. What's up with that? I think that goes with the offensive end as well. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get stops. You gotta put yourself in and look when you shoot nine free throws, that's a, a you know, that's a a prime time to set up that trap. And that's because they did it. I mean, it's it's made baskets most times and it's out of timeouts, it's and it's free throws. And when you get to the line nine times, you don't have a ton of time to or I guess a ton ton of opportunities to set that up. So um like I said, still surprised I didn't get into it more. Mm-hmm. Uh and maybe that's something you go back and look at the film and think Maybe he had some opportunities to do it, but uh, I'd expect to to see it a little more going forward. Back to the fan line we go. You can give us your thoughts there, 217-356-9397. Mark's down in, well, I guess now Sunset, Florida, but probably warmer Florida. Hey, Mark. Uh, hey. Uh, it's a little cool here, but anyway, I wanted <laughs> to talk about uh, – today's game and really more at winning time I wasn't disappointed throughout the game I thought we were playing pretty well and up to the point where danger came in got a set lead at like I think it was 55 53 I was disappointed with Epps he went completely away from danger he's usually the best guy we've got feeding the post and he had several opportunities to get him to rock and he didn't get it to him the one time they get it to him late he's 10 feet from the basket well, and then they didn't double team. He had nowhere to go with it. Uh, the other guy I'm disappointed with, you know, I hate singling people out, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Matthew Meyer, he goes up way too weak. He's soft around the rim. you got to go up strong. They're going to tell you to get that weak, you know what, expletive out of here because he never goes up strong. I've watched all the games this season, and he goes up way too weak at point-blank range. He's hit some threes. He's done some good things. He's hustled. He's got some rebounds. But that has got to get corrected because another re- that's another reason you're not getting the free throw line. The guy's going up too soft around the rim. Yeah, I agree. I, and free throws across the board, I thought I thought Terrence had an opportunity to get a few more free throws that just kind of didn't go his way. But you're right with, with Meyer. He, he missed a couple bunnies in the first half and – Part of it too, you know, the one time he did score, he he landed on two feet. He he had the spin move, landed on two feet, pivoted for the layup. Um, I don't know. That's a, probably a little bit more finesse, but I think he has an opportunity to get some people in the air and get himself to the free throw line because he's he's a good shooter. And and you're right. I think Epps. I, I go back and forth. I was you know you want to have guys in that game that are unafraid, uh, that want to make plays. And um, would I have predicted 13 field goal attempts from Jaden Epps today? <laughs> No, but you know, he hits some. You know, he, he hits a three to make it fifty three fifty, and he ties it up fifty three fifty three with another three. So um, danger, yeah, it's, it's going to be an late. adjustment for them to throw it in more. It's going to be an adjustment because yeah, it's not. I don't think it's something that they wanted to do going into the season. But you're going to have to to alter that if he's if he's going to be that potent down there. Right, Epps was forcing it, and you know mm-hmm. we don't need your force here at winning time. And I used to see Meyer back when he was on Baylor. I can remember he he would do a lot of head fakes and ball fakes he would get people up in the air and then go up and he's not doing that here he's just letting them block it back in his face but it's not just him of course but i didn't like the way uh you know no one was hitting today uh, uh colin hawkins couldn't throw it in the ocean in the first half um you know obviously tara shannon was not hitting on his level but uh you know all in all you get all you factor in all that we still hung in the game to the end 
Absolutely, yeah. I, I thought shots didn't fall as many few or as few good looks as they got. They there were some that just wouldn't fall in today. Sometimes you get a couple of those shots that, that things change, and, and yeah, I think it comes back to Epps and that chemistry and, and just trusting in the system. Some guys you, you saw Shannon last night ta- or two nights ago take over, and actually in the first half he had six assists. He he was setting everybody else up. He was about the only one creating on, on the offensive end, and then they kind of went away from that each guy trying to to do their own thing so they'll they'll work through it this is good tape and and can't uh fall short on crediting virginia with their defense Uh, you're gonna you're gonna see it uh throughout the year especially in the acc they're they're gonna they're gonna have a lot of these 60 to to 50 kind of games and, and just force teams out of doing what they want to do on offense so well thank you yeah thanks for the call mark can ring us in 217-356-9397. Let's pick out an MX Electrifying player of the game. MX Electric wants to be your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial needs. Call 217-359-7293 to schedule your project and remember, relax, call Max. This is a, a tough one, Mike, because Yesterday, Illinois football lost, and Scott still wanted us to to give it to an Illini player. So I don't know if we give the MX Electrifying Player of the Game to somebody in Illinois orange and blue or on Virginia's side. So uh, just who who did you think stood out the the most for either team? Yeah, I thought it was Reese Beekman. Um, Look, I thought early on in the game he was... uh, kind of flying under the radar a little bit, and then he took over Mm -hmm. late late in the second half, and uh, hit some big shots and got to the free throw line. I mean, between him and Gardner, they, you know, shooting 17 free throws. I thought they were the initiators w- with their physicality and, uh, and they were able to get on the break a few times. And, and that's where Beekman really excelled. He's a great athlete. And I thought he kind of changed the game there with his energy. And, and he's a great defender too. I thought he, he gave Terrence Shannon problems. Um, it was part of the reason why those gaps were so tough to drive through. Because not only are you dealing with the gap help, you're dealing with the physicality that Reese Beekman plays with on the ball. So uh, he's going to be a all-defense guy in that league. He's going to be an all-ACC player. So it was a great test for these guys. Yeah, Beekman had 13 of his 17 points in the second half. Three steals and probably none bigger than this steal and score to really flip the momentum in Virginia's way late. Shannon lost the dribble off his own foot. Ahead for Beekman. Beekman layup good. Epps with the foul. Trailing. Epps was trying to make a play there, but... Yeah, Epps did try to make a play. Ended up being an and one. On the Illinois side, Epps leading scorer with 14. I thought Coleman Hawkins had a really good second half. As much as he couldn't hit shots in the first half, he was 4 of 4 and hit a couple big ones to, to keep the Illini hanging around and Shannon like you said tough tough defensive matchup but was getting guys going in the first half in the end we'll give our MX electrifying player of the game to Beekman from Virginia we've got more to go you can ring us on the fan line to check out the Castle Heating and Cooling text line when we come back fasteners etc post game show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357.
Melendez spots up for three in the yes, right sir. corner, and he got it. Great R.J. Melendez. Harris flings it to the left side. R.J. Melendez for three. He got his second one. And Illinois regains the lead. Yeah, early on, thought this might be the game where R.J. Melendez gets going. He scored eight points in the first half, including those two threes, but goes scoreless in the second half, finishes with those eight points, played quite a few minutes. I I don't know, he got lost in the shuffle, or I saw Brad talking to him towards the the end of the second half, but R.J.'s still trying to find his way in his role on this team. That's going to be a, that's a tough game for RJ. I think when you look at his production, right, he had catch and shoot threes and he had the dunk um, kind of on a broken down play and, and secondary fast break. But look, if there's there's not going to be a ton of things from this game that I think Coach Underwood's going to jump these guys for. But if there's one thing, it's zero rebounds in 27 minutes for RJ Millen. Like that just can't happen. I mean, he's he's six seven. He's a great athlete. You have to put yourself in a position. To, to get one, right? And and I know the ball sometimes doesn't bounce your way, but um, I, that's just that just can't happen. I, I know 100% that's going to be something that Brad Underwood addresses because, hey, you know, if you're not going to be, uh, which, you know, like we talked about, this team is going to go through peaks and valleys with who scores, who steps up. I mean, even tonight, right? You you know, I, I guess Friday night you have Shannon, you have Meyer, you have Danger, who – have a lot of your offensive production, and then eighty percent of your production in the first half scoring this game was Melendez and the freshman. Mm-hmm. So, you, like he need that's got to be non-negotiable on the glass because if he's not providing as much offensively, we know he's he's his handle is good. It's not great. So especially in a game like that, he's not going to be the one that's breaking down the defense, getting to the basket. He's got to be a great catch and shoot guy. He's got to be great around the rim. Uh, and he's got a rebound. So zero rebounds in 27 minutes just just can't happen. But other than that, um, you know, I thought he's he's starting to find himself a little bit offensively. Um, and he can test a lot of shots around the rim as well. Uh, they won't always be blocked shots. But um, all in all, he's just got to keep building, right? Same thing with a lot of these guys. Matthew Meyer, they're just, they just got to keep building and understand that there's going to be times where your number is going to be called in, in different moments and you got to be ready for it. And on the rebounding side, back-to-back games, they they got worked on the offensive glass. I know Illinois ended up with more offensive rebounds, and and they cleaned it up a a bit in the second half, but I I think that comes back to to what you were saying, not just RJ, but but a lot of the guys waiting for rebounds to come rather than attacking for them. And you switch one through five, right? So now you got Sky Clark, and they did a decent job of it tonight where – if the big man rolls into the paint and you're switching one through five and Sky or Jaden Epps or someone gets stuck on one of the bigs, that opposite wing being able to kick Sky out and take him, that's, you know, it happened a few times, but not enough because a couple of those shots went up and you got Sky or Jaden fronting. And that's, that's what takes you out of rebounding position. If you're going to switch one through five and front the post, now when that shot goes up, you got to fight all the way back mm-hmm. around. Like Sincere Harris did in in the uh, in the second half against UCLA, um, so it's tough to put yourself in those types of positions. But that's why, if you're RJ, if you're any of these other guys, you can't ball watch. Like even if you know you're in the area, just go and get it because it's imperative that those guys go do that because oftentimes you're going to have a um, a smaller guy down there because of the switching. Especially in a game against Virginia where they're going to limit the possessions. Only 48 shots for Virginia. 
here today as they win it 70-61. Some texts on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Uh, 217 texter says, shout out to Scott on the play-by-play call. Him and Dion did a great job out there in Vegas this weekend. Wish they could have pulled out the win, but a young team with real upside ahead of them. Go Illini. Mitch says, great post-game show. Wondering what the early season tournament is for next year. I don't think they've quite announced that yet. They, I think is this it Ma- is it Maui. Is it maybe Maui? Because I thought they announced this one about this time last year. Maybe maybe a little later. Because but, Maui Maui was what that would have been Iowa's freshman year. Yeah, when they played right? Gonzaga, seventeen eight seventeen eighteen, eighteen nineteen. Was yeah. it eighteen nineteen? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So I mean, I think it is every four five years. But staying on that topic. This is one thing I wanted to mention too. This they played in the best tournament mm, um, mm-hmm. of the, all the MTEs. You know, some I mean, some of these other MTEs have good teams, but top to bottom, I mean, even the Maui this year, there's a couple in there that you know I, I think are are more throwaway teams, but it's good at the top. But you know, anytime you t- and I, I like San Diego State. I think San Diego State's a really good program, but I think when you when you sit there and say, "Hey, San Diego State's the favorite here in the Maui," <laughs> that's you know, they may tell you all you need to know. <laughs> and it's not the years of when Illinois and Duke and all of that are out there. But, yeah, every, Maui tends to have a, a couple of teams who just get to, to enjoy a trip out there to Hawaii, which I wouldn't mind a trip to Hawaii right about now. And um, one more text coming in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Still overall pleased with the young team, but wondering why they didn't try the full-court press. And, and uh touched on that a little bit earlier um could have could have seen it maybe a, a little bit more but also illinois not converting on the offensive end didn't particularly lend themselves to to get into those kinds of sets 32 to 9 the free throw discrepancy i mean that is just huge Tough yeah to... I, you know part of it too is when you look at the you know, Virginia doesn't shoot a ton of threes, Mm-mm. right? So they shot 14 against Baylor. They shot 17 tonight. That's you know, that's more threes than I thought they would take, too. They were more at the rim, getting downhill. And part of it, too, is when you are late on those rotations, you're typically in a position to foul. foul. Yeah. That's uh, and, and part of it, too. And I thought, I thought too, with Ty Rogers, I felt bad. He had two fouls, and I think both of them could have been straight verticality and, and, and not called. So... Uh, he's another guy that I think we haven't talked about as much just because he hasn't been able to be in the game as much. Um, but again, he's another guy, if he emerges, will, will be a huge boost for this team. But 32-9, you know, to nine, that's – I mean, everybody could probably say, hey, one-sided whistle. But I, I really didn't think that for the most part. Mm-hmm. You have a few late. Like, they had to foul a little bit late, so it's probably more like 26-9. to nine. Um Still isn't great, but <laughs> you, you got to find ways to defend without fouling, and that's part that's part of the downside with the switching one through five. And um, you don't want to fully go back to drop coverage, but I, I do think when Dane's in the game, um, it, it works because it keeps you out of rotation. You can keep matchups better, and I also think too for a guy like Jaden Epps, who I've been impressed with defensively, his you know his strength is much more in drop, anyways, where he can fight over the top, square his man up and not be caught in so many different positions, one through five, where he's got to switch on to one of these bigs. So I like that they – you saw it against UCLA, and you saw it tonight where they they paired those Epps and Danger minutes mm-hmm. to, I think, to play to both of their strengths. 
Yeah, Tide Rogers was the guy who got into to early foul trouble 2000 the first half and, and never really got in a rhythm here today. And, and fouls weren't really an issue in the first half, turned into more so in the second half. 24 of those 32 free throws for Virginia coming in the final 20 minutes. Another break here. More thoughts on the fan line and the text line here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Yeah, I'm counting on a lot of freshmen. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there, there's, there's, there was three freshmen out there a lot today, and, um, and, and actually four. So I, you know, these guys are all, all learning on the fly, uh, and. Uh, as much as the loss stings, you know, and sometimes with when you're building, you've got to go over a speed bump, and it, and it, it doesn't feel very good. And uh, that's what today was, a learning experience we've got to grow from. Uh, we had it right there, yeah. and we just weren't. And, and that's ultimately on me. i got to get our guys tougher and, and, and executing in the half court, and we can't turn the ball over two or three times. And and we got to make sure we get shots when the game's on the end, at, at the end of the line and stops, and, and, yes. and we didn't get stops either. Here's head coach Brad Underwood after the game talking about his young guys growing from this and the team as a whole growing from this as Illinois suffers their first loss of the season at the Continental Tire main event, 70-61 to Virginia in the championship game. Back here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with Mike and Evan. You can give us a call if you've got thoughts on today's game, 217-356-9397, or text the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357, or a texter has uh, thoughts uh, along those lines saying that the team is better when they're running and pushing it up the floor, and uh, the offense wasn't very good in the half court, and that that comes back to to getting stops. I I don't even think they got a, a... kill they had it early on when Virginia couldn't hit a shot but in the second half they they just couldn't get a stop when they really needed to and when, when you're taking the ball out of the net and, and trying to turn it around this isn't really where that team this team gets in, into their transition yeah we go back to the 32 free throws right the 32 free throws it's again it's hard to be where you operate best which is in transition and uh, I even think late game it's it's hard because, you know, as much as this team thrives in transition in the half court, that was like an icebreaker session. It was, hey, who's going to be our guy mm-hmm. late? You want it to be Terrence Shannon, obviously, but Terrence Shannon thrives, obviously, getting downhill in in transition. Uh, I'm not sure if he's really the guy that's going to break you down like Io did. Io had a better handle in the half court, so I think it's most likely going to be by committee this season to see – how well they execute down the stretch and who they continue to go to. Um, you want that to be Shannon, and I think that can be Shannon. But today, it's in a matchup like this, you know, putting your head down and driving and going downhill. This is a team that is begging you to do that, <laughs> uh, and it kind of played right into their hands. So that's that's the interesting thing is you start to continue to get acclimated and get these roles situated. See who really wants to step up late game. I think the one guy who definitely looked like he wanted to was was Jaden Epps. Uh, so whether that materializes going forward, I don't know. But it's good to at least see somebody that has that confidence, and you're not you're not the one kicking them in the butt to try to get them to to seize the moment. Um, you'd rather try to rein them in a little bit. I think we've seen that almost every game so far from Jaden Epps. When he goes in, it's like he's got that mindset that. 
you know, I, I'm I'm the bucket getter at, at that point in time, and he had what was it, 21 or 22 in that game a, a couple of weeks ago, and ends up with with 14 here. Um, more thoughts? Any more thoughts coming in on the? It's been a, a long weekend of Illinois sports here. This is the the fifth game that we've had on the air. Went what three and two over the weekend basketball goes one and one football goes zero and one I guess we had six games volleyball goes two and zero, and women's basketball got themselves a, a win Shauna Green's team looking good in the early season uh let's pick out a Tapman's towing play of the game car won't start after the game call 217-328-2424 for the most trusted roadside service in downstate Illinois Tapman's towing or you can visit them online at tapmanstowing.com I might have already played what I consider the the play of the game or, or really the momentum shifting play was when they set up an offensive series for Terrence Shannon to get downhill and, and or, or get some kind of a, a shot and then he ended up turning it over. Virginia turns it into two and then Illinois never got the lead back. Yeah, and it was Beekman too. It was Beekman on the ball. He's the one that, that took it from Terrence and then was able to to go to the other end of the floor and finish through contact. For the end one, it's the reason why he was at least my player of the game. Because mm-hmm. um, in the big moments as well, I mean, he was good the whole second half, a little bit in the first half, but when it was nut cutting time, he he stepped up, and that, I, I thought that one kind of turned the tide a little bit. Yeah, you, you you could feel it in, in the team in the reaction, especially when he gets an and one on it. So I hate to to play it again, but um, our, our Tapman's towing play of the game does go to Virginia. Shannon lost the dribble off his own foot. Ahead for Beekman. Beekman layup good. Epps with the foul. Trailing. Epps was trying to make a play there, but... And the Illinois defense also wasn't able to turn over Virginia as they have some other teams here so far this year. And that comes back to Virginia being good, experienced, having a fifth-year senior point guard who played in a national championship and has seen it all while he's been out there with Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers. And they get it done, 72-61. I mean, Virginia had a, you know, they had 12 turnovers in the game, but I thought a lot of them were not live ball mm-hmm. turnovers. There were a couple offensive fouls. You had the one on Shedrick early on and Clark. The, you know, Gardner throws it out of bounds late in the second half. So there weren't a ton of opportunities even off those turnovers to to get out. So that's that's why this I keep going back to the RJ Melendez rebounding, right? That's why the rebounding is that more imperative because even if he does get a rebound, he's a guy that can bust out and and create some transition opportunities. So um you know Virginia, that's the way they play, man. They they take care of it. They take good shots. They don't force anything and they make it hard, especially on a young team, to have to stay disciplined defensively. 19 points off of 13 Illinois turnovers did Virginia yeah. have, and that was a big difference in this loss today. The Illini now 4-1 and one on the early season. More thoughts from you coming up, maybe more thoughts from us as well as we move along on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. By calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397. Or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Shannon on a double team, now pulls up for three, and that will yes, go through. Popped off the top of the pack iron and came back down in and in. And Terrence Shannon Jr. puts Illinois up 31-29. Call a shooter's bounce, baby. Shooter's bounce. Plenty of English on it. Back and forth, we've gone. 
Beekman sends Shannon to the floor. He hits a three on one end, draws the charge on the other. And a tough night for Terrence Shannon after tying an Illinois record with eight threes against UCLA Friday. So finishes with nine and six, four rebounds as well. Six turnovers, and he fouled out there towards the end. But you like that? I, I think he's taken at least one charge in every game so far, if not you know, a, a lot of them. He's shown that he's bringing it on the defensive end, which I don't think anybody really doubted, but he's... He's shown to be that guy that's got the length that they can put on anybody that they they really need to on the defensive end. And then, of course, he's going to carry the load if they they need it on the offensive end, too. It's the reason why he's one of the better two-way players in the country. And those charges, most of them have been on the ball, too. Mm -hmm. So part of that's being able to slide and be in position to... To not make them a block. That's why Clark, uh, Q Clark, in the first, in the second half when Sky Clark was dribbling the ball, uh, that's why that was a block because he couldn't quite square him up. Terrence can move his feet well, and it, you like to see that. Not only can he, he doesn't really all three areas. He can guard the ball. He's great in rotations, and he's great protecting the rim in some areas too. When he's the guy flying in for for chase down blocks or weak side blocks, so just a really good asset to have. Um, he struggled a little bit offensively tonight. Um, you know, six turnovers, that's tough. Um, but six assists, right? You at least mm-hmm. keep it, you at least keep it yeah, one the to one, one, one. <laughs> not a net negative there, um, in that category. So, I, you know, I think there's for him, especially, you're going to have games like that. And I think that's what's so encouraging about this Illinois team is you don't, you don't want to live and die with Terry Shannon. Um, obviously, he wills you to the win on Friday, but you need to have other guys step up and you can't just be this roller coaster because. He's going to have a lot of focus on him. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have other guys that can come in and knock down shots when they're open and um, play with that same type of intensity uh, on the defensive end, uh, then you're going to be in trouble. So uh, not surprised he had five fouls tonight. I mean, when you go the first, whatever it was, three or four games with zero <laughs> fouls, there's going to be some sort of regression to the mean. Yeah, he picked up his first two in that game on Friday, and now he fouls out. So, yeah, the numbers, you look at him now, and he looks like an average player. You know, he'll pick up two or three fouls a night, and that's just regressing to the mean a little bit. Sharon was out in Vegas, proud of the young team. You were in the championship game, had a chance, won't be considered a bad loss at all, regroup at at home, and win next week. Yeah, this won't go under a, a, a bad loss, and... and when when you look at it, yeah, especially if this team really turns it on towards the end and it's like, wow, remember what they were and they, they hung around with Virginia. So not a bad loss whatsoever. Virginia is going to shoot up the rankings. I think Illinois will probably be top 15 after the weekend as well. So not not bad at all for the orange and blue. And a 217 texter wondering if it was a hook and hold on that play on Meyer where it looked like he got his shoulder ripped out. No? I actually thought Meyer's arm was the one that came in and it, it looked kind of funky there and Vanderplas is grabbing the ball. I thought, I, I at least thought they'd look at it. Um, maybe they caught a glimpse on it on the scoreboard and I don't want to say it was a complete flop because it did look like some contact, but you know, I, it's weird. Anytime a player lobbies for a call like that, because he went straight from me thinking that he was going to be out for an extended period of time. It was like the old Kelly Olenek on Kevin Love in the playoffs a few years mm-hmm. back where he wrestles a ball away, pops Kevin Love's shoulder out, and then all of a sudden Meyer, Meyer went from kind of down on the floor in pain to getting immediately up and lobbying for that call. And <laughs> so I thought that I was, that was funny. I hope he's not 
seriously injured because I, I think when he came out at that point, I'm not sure he came back into the game. I, don't that think might, so. I think it was just might have just been game script, but at the same time, you, that's a guy you don't want to lose for for an extended period of time because if you do, I'd I'd kind of wonder how they shift things around, right? Do they keep Dane coming off the bench or do you do you insert him into the lineup and, and kind of overhaul what you do at the beginning of the game? So um, something to monitor for sure. Yeah, and, and he's still he's finding his way, I think, on the defensive end, and this is something that you brought up a, a couple games ago, and it's something that he continues to do. And I think Dion said that maybe it's from his Baylor days, but he, he goes for, for the big play on defense, and, and he got burned uh, on it a, a couple times. But – you're gonna want it, want him, and hopefully he's healthy because he, he can. He, he's playing that four position, right? But he's a four that can bring the ball up the floor. He can shoot the three. He can he can do it all in, in those sorts of things. So just finding himself within the system. Yeah, and look, when he was with Baylor, this is a good defensive team for Illinois. Those teams were even better. <laughs> when you talk about Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, uh, you know, Jonathan Chachuama on the backside, Flo Thamba, like he could gamble a little bit because there were all these guys that could help covering him up. But look, if you're going to switch one through five, those gambles become even more difficult because odds are if a ball screen has been set and Coleman Hawkins is out on the perimeter and maybe a, a smaller guy is is holding down the fort in the paint. So you got to be a little bit more economical with, with you know, how you gamble and when you gamble because um, you don't want to completely take yourself out of position. I thought he did better in Vegas and part of that's just a focus thing I mean some of those guys are just like hey we're playing Monmouth whatever I'll fly around try to shoot some gaps you know I think he knows he's been in college basketball long enough to understand that against teams like this you got to be more disciplined and um, you know I, he has the potential to be a really really good defender and it's not a physical ability thing it's just a, it's a it's a mental thing he has to continue to challenge himself and not bite on shot fakes and um, get himself out of position because this team's going to need him down the road Let's pick out our keys to the game, brought to you by Game Day Spirit, the best selection of University of Illinois apparel, and brought to you by Hickory Point Bank with roots right here in our Champaign-Urbana community, Hickory Point Bank invested. I think my key to the game comes down to, to offensive execution and, and what that, that leads into. I don't think the Illini were able to, to string together any offense, really get any flow going, then that in turn couldn't turn into to any defense and, and guys just trying to, to do it themselves, not really working within the system and, and Virginia stuck to, to what they do and they won a, a Virginia kind of game. Yeah, I'll give you two keys. One offensive and one defensive. I touched on one of them I've been touching on the other one defensively. I, I mentioned it right at the beginning of the show. You have to be loaded up on the ball side. And when I say loaded up on the ball side, you got to picture Sky Clark, RJ Melendez, these guys that are guarding the weak side offensive players. There are There is no three seconds, defensive three seconds like there is in the NBA. You Give can the sit wall. in the paint. Yeah, so when you're switching, I understand you're man conscious, but you have to – Continue to challenge yourself to get on that midline, right? That midline, right down the middle of the lane. Because once these switches get busted, or if a guy rejects a screen, that's where the help is supposed to rotate from. So defensively, that's the key because Virginia exploited that tonight. And then offensively, if you do play a team like Virginia who wants to hard hedge, once you throw back or Coleman Hawkins pops or Matthew Meyer pops, that it has to be a quick decision. It's either a shot or an immediate rotate to exploit the three-on-two on the backside. If you have a guy, picture it, ball side corner, I'm up at the wing, I come and get a ball screen, right? I dribble off, I throw back, or I swing it, 
you're going to have a three-on-two because they're committing two to the ball on the hard hedge. So I thought there were a couple times tonight that guys held on to it. Coleman does it from time to time. Well, he, he'll just shot fake or hold on to it a split second too long to where they can recover, right, and and, and be able to, to get back into that pack line defense. So those are my two keys, things to work on moving forward. Yeah, Melendez, that's where he got a couple of his threes, and the last one that he missed, he, he did exactly that. You saw that slight little hesitation, and it gets you off. Those are our keys to the game, brought to you by Game Day Spirit and by Hickory Point Bank. Coming up towards the end here on the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show, still time to get in your texts and calls as we head towards the end. Yeah, that point guard won a national championship. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's just a matter of that that team is um, uh, knows exactly what they're doing, exactly where they're going. They made plays, and uh, and they made a couple. You know, we, we you know, Dane got a, a really point-blank win that he missed. And, uh, you know, we ran a couple isolation or a couple plays, not isolations. That, you know, Jaden just kind of broke off. He's got to learn from those things. Uh, you know, we've, um, you know, Matt goes down with his shoulder and 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 we needed his experience out there but again it's it's going to be a uh, uh it's going to be a process you know and uh virginia's got uh, all that experience and it, and it, and it won, won the game for him today i guess if i just you know, listen to, to what Brad says after the game. It sounds like Matthew Shoulder was a, a little dinged up on that play and he didn't come back in. But Virginia just executing when they needed to here today, as you would expect from Tony Bennett and his team, as Virginia wins the Continental Tire main event over the Illini 70-61. to Fasteners, etc. post-game show here with Mike and Evan. 815 Texter says his team will be good for March and... Wondering uh, uh, about kind of where Goody fits into this rotation. I think today showed, or even going back to the UCLA game, right? Sincere Harris doesn't get in uh, until about 24 minutes into the game, and then he flips it. And then you see early on here today, he, he gets in. I think he had six or eight minutes in the first half, and he ends up playing nine minutes overall. But they're still figuring out that, that rotation and, and where Goody fits into it will, will kind of depend on, on where guys are at at that point. Yeah, agreed. And he's a guy that, that can fit in seamlessly. He's a he's a good offensive player because he's smart. He doesn't turn it over. He makes, he makes outside shots. But I think he's a little bit underrated defensively. And um, you know, he's strong. He's such a good positional defender, meaning he knows where to be in the right spot, when to rotate, what gaps to be in, and that's why you can implement him into that. Big talker, too. Yeah, big talker, vocal, and he can switch one through five. So he doesn't change anything when he comes back. But what he does change is he gives a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit. You know, you can – because even Matthew Meyer isn't shooting it well this, you know, early on in the season. But I, I could point out – I could send you five different clips of teams completely biting – on him popping out and opening up another lane because of it. So just the mere threat of Luke Goody being out there, I think opens up things even more for this team, not only his team, but guys like Terrence Shannon who want to get downhill, Jaden Epps who want to get downhill. I think Sky can even hit another gear offensively. He had a couple opportunities, I thought, around the rim to be able to finish it. He got in trouble a few times with turnovers but um, because he's getting himself caught up in the air. But, yeah, I think Goody – Look, and when he does come back, he's going to take minutes from somebody. But we've seen that whoever's got it going has it going. That's the luxury of having um, a lot of really good players. So I'm excited to see 
um, him come back, see when he comes back, see where his team is at when he comes <laughs> back, and because uh, you're going to have to theorize. I mean, Lukudi's going to play. He's going to play. He's not. He's not going to come back and sit on the bench. So, um, in, in some way, shape, or form, he's going to be in there. So, uh, I'll be interested to see it when it happens. It's a, a pretty good midseason addition that you can add to a, a team that's already looking top 15 or, or 20 so far here in, in November. And, and so far, uh, Terrence Shannon hit 30 minutes for the first time on Friday. He did it again here today. Coleman Hawkins, same thing. I think those are, are the guys that, that Brad trusts the most that are going to bring all the things, defense, offense, rebounding, and, and he's going to lean on those guys. And, and whoever's got it going, whoever's doing what needs to be done on that night as far as three through eight or, or nine on, on a given game will we'll just kind of depend on, on the situation there. And I thought I had one. Oh, oh, I wanted to ask you, wh- wh- what's your take on, on how Sky Clark's fitting into the offense so far? He, he hit double digits the other night. He, he seems to, to find a three, but he's not really the, that lead point guard with the way this offense works. And I just wonder how you see him fitting in so far. Yeah, I want a little bit of the Jaden Epps to be thrusted onto to Sky because he's such an explosive athlete that I do think when he has the ability to get by guys that he can finish around the rim. He, he showed that with his pivots, and he's great He's great off of two feet, kind of like a Jalen Brunson um, where he can get down there and, and pivot. But, look, I think for Sky in particular, you know, we saw games where he has two field goal attempts, four field goal attempts, and – um, granted, again, he's, he's two for four again mm-hmm. today from three, and I think he's still hovering around 50% or whatever yep. it is on the season. Um, I, I think that's another luxury to have because you can, you know, you're going to have, let's face it, I mean, with Andre Corbello and you know, you've, you've had guys out there, depending on the team, DeMonte even in certain ways, where there were guys out there you didn't really have to honor with their three-point shot. So, um, you at least have to do that with Sky. I just want to see him a little bit more assertive. And the last thing I'll say, too, is he's a guy that I think you're going to have out there as well, especially when you have Dane Danger in the game, because although Coleman Hawkins is a good post-entry passer, I think Sky Clark might be one of the better ones on the mm-hmm. team. He was, you know, when Dane had his spin move and one uh, in the UCLA game, that was, it was actually on the second post-entry pass of the possession that Sky had given it to him. He does a great job of looking guys off and then entering it. So, uh, again, that's, you gotta be tough. You gotta be tough to make those post entry passes and high low passes. So um, that's that's what that's what I look at with him because you know Epps once again, he's a bucket for sure. I'm not sure how many guys he's gonna make better. Um, I mean, it's another game with zero assists for him. So Sky's got to be that guy to to take that on and and handle some of that playmaking. Fasteners, etc. Post game show here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. We're going to give you one last call on the fan line or text in your thoughts on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, and we will wrap. You know, that we just didn't do what we had to do down the last, you know, we're up to, I think, three to go and 320 to go and and, uh, and literally just don't execute. Yeah. And, you know, we foul a three-point shooter. Uh, you know, we, we we broke off a couple plays. I tried to run a little counter play for Terrence coming out of a timeout. He gets his ball taken. He had a tough day. But, uh, again, we've got to learn. You know, our, our ceiling is pretty pretty high. Right now we're, we're, we're a long way from where this team's capable of being and – 
and I want our guys to understand that. But uh, you know, that's a veteran team, and uh, they're extremely well coached. They do what they do, and I thought we battled. Uh, we had to make some adjustments on the fly uh, because of what they do offensively. But Virginia's good. A week of learning from today for the Illini ahead as they are off until Friday against Lindenwood, and they'll have one more tune-up before the Big Ten ACC Challenge a week from Tuesday. Last call here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with Mike LaTulip and Evan Kahn. Thanks to Dave Leak for helping out behind the scenes here tonight. And it'll be a little different on Friday, considering it's Black Friday and we've got a day full of games, women's basketball, volleyball, and men's basketball. We're only going to do the pregame show and bring you the coverage. We won't have a postgame show after Lindenwood, but we'll be back with you on Saturday for Illinois Northwestern and football and then against Syracuse and every other one. But because of the holiday season, we figure you guys are going to be busy and no disrespect to Lindenwood but I don't expect much of a competitive game on Friday. It'll just be Illinois trying to, to work on, on these kinds of things, at executing in the half court, knowing where, where they at, they're at on defense, and again, getting ready for Syracuse. You have a lot of good film to show. You have a lot that you can work on, and again, this is why you're, you know, you're not completely thrilled to be one and one but i think there's you, know, you understand who you played and, and what you can learn from it so you want to just keep building right you don't want to come and play lindenwood and take these steps back and then have to regain momentum against syracuse and play that whole game all season so just that incremental progress that you can show throughout the game or throughout the season that's what younger teams you know teams that haven't gelled completely yet that's what you have to show right it's not all, it's not gonna be overnight it's not gonna be all in one game as much as much as we want to give out a national championship after the UCLA <laughs> game, um, it's great to know that you're in those types of fights. It's great to know that you can win those types of fights. But game in and game out, you just have to keep building and building and building. And I think, like I said, there's a ton that you can pull from this film that uh, I think will will prepare them moving forward. Yeah, one and one, not bad. Two and zero would have been preferred. Certainly wasn't zero and two. So you got out of here with with yeah, what, what what people would hope for, and, and we'll try to do it again on Friday. That's going to do it here for us on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Again, thank you, Dave Leak and Mike, for hanging out. Any final thoughts here before the Thanksgiving holiday, Mike? Not a whole lot, man. Not a whole lot. We got a lot of great hoops. Uh, I, I love the fact that the Maui is a little bit earlier this, this year, or at least I think it is, because mm-hmm. I think the championship game is on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this, this is one of my favorite times of the year. I love March Madness, obviously, but Thanksgiving, kind of feast week, basketball, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, real real good measuring stick for a lot of teams here as, as the competition rats, ratchets up. Gonzaga and Kentucky, I believe, play tonight, so that'll be a good one. UCLA and Baylor going on right now, and the, the Big Ten ACC Challenge just around the corner. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk again this week. Maybe, I appreciate probably. it, man. Yeah. All right. That'll do it. We will be back with you for Sports Talk tomorrow. What a long weekend. Good night, everybody. The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana. Champaign Multimedia Group Stations.